Chapter Two of the Tinted Venus by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Two: Pleasure in Pursuit. And you, great sculptor, so you gave a score of years to Art, her slave, and that's your Venus. Whence we turn to yonder girl. Another waltz had just begun as they re-entered the baronial hall, and Ada glanced up at her companion from her daring brown eyes. "'What would you say if I told you you might have this dance with me?' she inquired. The hairdresser hesitated for just one moment. He had meant to leave her there and go back for his ring, but the waltz they were playing was a very enticing one. Ada was looking uncommonly pretty just then. He could get the ring equally well a few minutes later i should take it very kind of you he said gratefully at length ask for it then said ada and he did ask for it he forgot matilda and his engagement for the moment he sacrificed all his scruples about dancing in public but he somehow failed to enjoy this pleasure illicit though it was for one thing he could not long keep matilda out of his thoughts he was doing nothing positively wrong still it was undeniable that she would not approve of his being there at all still less if she knew that the gold ring given to him by his aunt for the purposes of this betrothal had been left on the finger of a foreign statue and exposed to the mercy of any passer-by while he waltzed with a bonnet-maker's assistant and his conscience was awakened still further by the discovery that ada was a somewhat disappointing partner she's not so light as she used to be he thought and then she jumps i'd forgotten she jumped before the waltz was nearly over he led her back to a chair alleging as his excuse that he was afraid to abandon his ring any longer and hastened away to the spot where it was to be found he went along the same path and soon came to an enclosure but no sooner had he entered it than he saw that he must have mistaken his way this was not the right place there was no statue in the middle he was about to turn away when he saw something that made him start it was a low pedestal in the centre with the same characters upon it that he had read with ada it was the place after all yes he could not be mistaken he knew it now where was the statue which had so lately occupied that pedestal had it fallen over amongst the bushes he felt about for it in vain it must have been removed for some purpose while he had been dancing but by whom and why the best way to find out would be to ask someone in authority the manager was in the baronial hall officiating as m c he would go and inquire whether the removal had been by his orders he was fortunate enough to catch him as he was coming out of the hall and he seized him by the arm with nervous haste mister he began if you found one of your plaster figures with a gold ring on it's mine i-i put it on in a joking kind of way and i had to leave it for a while and now when i come back for it it's gone i'm sorry to hear it sir returned the manager but really if you will leave gold rings on our statues we can't be responsible you know but you'll excuse me pursued leander i don't think you quite understood me it isn't only the ring that's gone it's the statue and if you've had it put up anywhere else nonsense said the manager we don't move our statues about like chessmen you've forgotten where you left it that's all what was the statue like leander described it as well as he could and the manager with a somewhat altered manner made him point out the spot where he believed it to have stood and they entered the grove together 
the man gave one rapid glance at the vacant pedestal then gripped leander by the shoulder and looked at him long and hard by the feeble light answer me he said roughly is this some lark of yours i look larky don't i said poor tweedle dolefully i thought you'd be sure to know where it was i wish to heaven i did cried the manager passionately it's those impudent blackguards they've done it again under my very nose if it's any of your men suggested leander can't you make them put it back again that's not any of my men i was warned and like a fool i wouldn't believe it could be done at a time like this and now it's too late and what am i to say to the inspector i wouldn't have had this happen for a thousand pounds well it's kind of you to feel so put out about it said leander you see what makes the ring so valuable to me the manager was pacing up and down impatiently entirely ignoring his presence i say tweedle repeated the reason why that ring's of particular importance oh don't bother me said the other shaking him off i don't want to be uncivil but i've got to think this out infernal rascals he went on muttering have the goodness to hear what i've got to say though persisted leander i'm mixed up in this whether you like it or not you seem to know who's got this figure and i've a right to be told too i won't go till i get that ring back so now you understand me confound you and your ring said the manager what's the good of coming bully-ragging me about your ring i can't get you your ring you shouldn't have been fool enough to put it on one of our statues you make me talk to you like this coming bothering me when i've enough on my mind as it is hang it can't you see i'm as anxious to get the statue again as ever you can be if i don't get it i may be a ruined man for all i know ain't that enough for you look here take my advice and leave me alone before we have words over this you give me your name and address and you may rely on hearing from me as soon as anything turns up you can do no good to yourself or anyone else by making a row so go away quiet like a sensible chap leander felt stunned by the blow evidently there was nothing to be done but follow the manager's advice he went to the office with him and gave his name and address in full then turned back alone to the dancing hall he had lost his ring no ordinary trinket which he could purchase anywhere but one for which he would have to account and to whom to his aunt and matilda how could he tell when there was even a chance of seeing it again if only he had not allowed himself that waltz if only he had insisted upon remaining by the statue until his ring was removed if only he had not been such an idiot as to put it on none of these acts were wrong exactly but between them they had brought him to this and the chief person responsible was miss ada parkinson whom he dared not reproach for he was naturally unwilling that this last stage of the affair should become known he would have to dissemble and he rejoined his party with what he intended for a jaunty air we've been waiting for you to go away said bella where have you been all this time he saw with relief that ada did not appear to have mentioned the statue and so he said he had been strolling about and ada left to take care of herself said bella spitefully you are polite mr tweddle i must say i haven't complained bella that i know of said ada and mr tweddle and i quite understand each other don't we oh said bella with an altered manner and a side glance at james i didn't know i'm very glad to hear it i'm sure and then they left the gardens and after a substantial meal at a riverside hotel started on the homeward journey with the sense that their expedition had not been precisely a success as before they had a railway compartment to themselves 
bella declined to talk and lay back in her corner with closed eyes and an expression of undeserved suffering whilst the unfortunate jauncy sat silent and miserable opposite leander would have liked to be silent too and think out his position but ada would not hear of this her jealous resentment had apparently vanished and she was extremely lively and playful in her sallies this reached a pitch when she bent forward and in a whisper which she did not perhaps intend to be quite confidential said oh mr tweddle you never told me what became of the ring is it off at last off yes he said irritably very nearly adding and the statue too weren't you very glad said she uncommonly he replied grimly let me see it again now you've got it back she pleaded you'll excuse me he said but after what has taken place i can't show that ring to anybody then you're a cross thing said ada pouting what's the matter with you two over there asked bella sleepily ada's eyes sparkled with mischief let me tell him it's too awfully funny i must she whispered to leander it's all about a ring she began and enjoyed poor tweddle's evident discomfort a ring cried bella waking up don't keep all the fun to yourselves we've not had so much fun of it this evening miss ada said leander in great agitation i ask you as a lady to treat what has happened this evening in the strictest confidence for the present secrets ada cried her sister upon my word why where's the harm mr tweddle now it's all settled exclaimed ada bella it was only this he went and put a ring now do wait till i've done mr tweddle on a certain person's finger out in those rosherwich gardens you see i've not said whose finger hello tweddle cried jauncy in some bewilderment leander could only cast a look of miserable appeal at him shall i tell them any more mr tweddle said ada persistently i don't think there's any necessity he pleaded no more do i put in bella archly i think we can guess the rest ada did not absolutely make any further disclosures that evening but for the rest of the journey she amused herself by keeping the hairdresser in perpetual torment by her pretended revelations until he was thoroughly disgusted no longer could he admire her liveliness he could not even see that she was good-looking now she's nothing but chaff 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 he thought thank goodness matilda isn't given that way chaff before marriage means nagging after they reached the terminus at last when he willingly said farewell to the other three good-bye mr tweddle said bella in a rather more cordial tone i needn't hope you've enjoyed yourself you needn't he replied almost savagely good-night said ada and added in a whisper don't go and dream of your statue woman if i dream to-night at all he said between his teeth it will be a nightmare i suppose twaddle old chap said jauncy as he shook hands you know your own affairs best but if you meant what you told me coming down you've been going it haven't you he left leander wondering impatiently what he meant did he know the truth well everybody might know it before long there would probably be a fuss about it all and the best thing he could do would be to tell matilda at once and throw himself upon her mercy after all it was innocent enough if she could only be brought to believe it he did not look forward to telling her and by the time he reached the bank and got into an omnibus he was in a highly nervous state as the following incident may serve to show he had taken one of those uncomfortable private omnibuses where the passengers are left in unlightened gloom 
he sat by the door and occupied as he was by his own misfortunes paid little attention to his surroundings but by and by he became aware that the conductor in collecting the fares was trying to attract the notice of someone who sat in the further corner of the vehicle where are you for lady please he asked repeatedly and at last will somebody ask the lady up the end where i'm to set her down to all of which the eccentric person addressed returned no reply whatever leander's attention was thus directed to her but although in the obscurity he could make out nothing but a dim form of grey his nerves were so unsettled that he felt a curiously uneasy fancy that eyes were being fixed upon him in the darkness this continued until a moment when some electric lights suddenly flashed into the omnibus as it passed and lit up the whole interior with a ghostly glare in which the grey female became distinctly visible he caught his breath and shrank into the corner for in that moment his excited imagination had traced a strange resemblance to the figure he had left in rosherwich gardens the inherent improbability of finding a classical statue seated in an omnibus did not occur to him in the state his mind was in just then he sat there fascinated until lights shone in once more and he saw or thought he saw the figure slowly raise her hand and beckon to him that was enough he started up with a smothered cry thrust a coin into the conductor's hand and without waiting for change flung himself from the omnibus in full motion when its varnished sides had ceased to gleam in the light of the lamps and its lumbering form had been swallowed up in the autumn haze he began to feel what a coward his imagination had made of him my nightmare's begun already he thought still she was so surprisingly like it did give me a turn they oughtn't to let such crazy females into public conveyances fortunately his panic had not seized him until he was within a short distance from bloomsbury and it did not take him long to reach queen square and his shop in the passage he let himself in and went up to a little room on an upper floor which he used as his sitting-room the person who looked after him did not sleep on the premises but she had laid a fire and left out his tea-things i'll have some tea he thought as he lit the gas and saw them there i feel as if i want cheering up and it can't make me any more shaky than i am and when his fire was crackling and blazing up and his kettle beginning to sing he felt more cheerful already what after all if it did take some time to get his ring again he must make some excuse or other and should the worst come to the worst i suppose he thought i could get another made like it though when i come to think of it i'll be shot if i remember exactly what it was like or what the words inside it were to be sure about them still very likely old vidler would recollect and i dessay it won't turn out to be necessi what the devil's that he had the house to himself after nightfall and he remembered that his private door could not be opened now without a special key yet he could not help fancy that someone was groping his way up the staircase it's only the boards creaking or the pipes leaking through he thought i must have the place done up but i'm as nervous as a cat to-night the steps were nearer and nearer they stopped at the door there was a loud commanding blow on the panels who's here at this time of night cried leander aloud come in if you want to but the door remained shut and there came another rap even more imperious i shall go mad if this goes on he muttered and making a desperate rush to the door threw it wide open and then staggered back panic-stricken upon the threshold stood a tall figure in classical drapery his eyes might have deceived him in the omnibus 
but here in the crude gaslight he could not be mistaken it was the statue he had last seen in rosherwich gardens now in some strange and wondrous way moving alive end of chapter two read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com